You're listening to The Web for Marketing Podcast, where business owners, digital marketers, and creatives collide. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to The Web for Marketing Podcast. My name is Kevin Getch. I am the CEO and founder of Web for, and today I am super excited to be talking about marketing strategy, one of the topics I'm most passionate about with uh, Trisha Davis-Payne, who is our director of accounts at Web4. She handles a lot of the marketing strategy. And um, Trisha, I'll go ahead and hand it to you. And you want to kind of give a quick little introduction about your experience, about who you are, your experience with marketing strategy, uh, and why people should be listening to you around this topic. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. I'm really excited about this. Um, so I am the director of accounts at Web4, and my job is to uh, pretty much ensure that all of our clients and customers are being handled properly by the team that I support. Um, I handle a few clients myself, but mostly my job is to make sure that we're providing a strategy that's going to deliver success to our clients um, and grow that strategy over time uh, because, you know, return on investment is a big part of our objective with our clients. So as we help them grow financially into new markets, you know, expanding to their customer base, uh, we want to make sure that the strategy is aligned with that. So my background, I've been with Web4 uh, going on four years now, which is pretty exciting. Um, I, I love my job. And one of the reasons I love it is because, um, you know, in my 20 years experience, I've been doing strategy as a part of my success um, objectives. Uh, and I didn't really know that was what I was doing at the time when I was starting out my professional career in the uh, data networking world a long time ago. Um, my job was to manage accounts and to uh, bring on new customers. And so to be successful, I had to really take steps backwards and sit down with the customers and understand what they were doing, what problems they were trying to solve, why they were trying to solve those problems, and really understand at the end of the day what problems their customers were trying to solve so that they could meet the goals that they were trying to accomplish in the moment. Um, you know, I didn't really know that that's what I was doing, but um, it was all strategy based. And then, you know, coming on with Web4 many moons later, one of the things that was so exciting to me was that strategy was at the heart of everything that Web4 does with its clients. Um, and it was nice to be able to define that and actually call it something and, and be a part of that as an intimate space that I was uh, supporting for the company. So yeah, really excited. Um, I would say that you know my 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 objective has always been professionally to exceed expectations and to have a reputation for retention. So um, strategy is at the heart of that space, and that's kind of where I got my footprints in this in this area. So I've been living and breathing it for about twenty years. Yeah, and I I find it. Uh, so interesting because strategy is one of those words that people throw around very, uh, you know, with everything. And it's like, and there's can be such a different meaning uh, for it where people are like, Oh, well, let's, what's your strategy for that? When really what their meaning is like, you have a plan, right? They're like, they might be using strategy uh, in tandem of uh, having a plan. Uh, and, and that is, 
<laughs> that can be, a, I mean, used that way. But once you start to get into it and you're trying to get nomenclature right and you're trying to make sure that you're working with organizations, it's like you try to be much more clear. So uh, I always see one of the biggest common things is just understanding the difference between uh, strategy and, and tactics and really like what that is. And so um, I guess if you could expand on two things for me, one is why should we... Um, why should businesses have a marketing strategy or be all, really always be working on their marketing strategy, right? Really have that as part of their DNA. And two, what is the difference between strategy and tactics? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it's so often is the case, um, you, even with existing customers, because as they're growing and we're, we're tying everything back to strategy, there is always the first question is around intent. Like, we want to run paid advertising campaigns. Yeah. Well, you know, why? <laughs> like, well, what are we trying to accomplish? What is the strategy there? Because um, if you understand the strategy, then you can deploy tactics that match. So strategy to me and, and, and web four and what we do is the intent. So if strategy is the intent, tactics are putting the intent into action. Yeah. So if you're just putting tactics into action without knowing the intent, then you can spend more money than you mean to. You can go over budget. You can not get the best results that you're looking for because that intent hasn't been identified yet. Um, I think that uh, one of the easiest ways to understand the differences between strategy and intent is strategy is what needs to be done and why, right? Where intent is the how. So, Strategy defines the direction you take, and then uh, tactics are the different paths you can take with that direction, right? There's five roads. Which one should you travel down first? Um, Strategy is defining the future, where tactics are what we're going to do right now to get to the goals we're trying to accomplish. and, and a big difference between strategy and tactics is strategy is the outside influences. It's your customers, it's your competition, it's uh, market intelligence and market conditions, right? Like what's around us that's impacting what we're trying to do where tactics are more internal. What resources do we have? What budget are we working with? Um, you know, those types of elements are, are very different. They're more inward versus outward. So if you are operating tactically without a strategy, there's a lot of waste and inefficiencies that occur. And I, uh, so it's, it's always um, interesting to me that when we're presented with an opportunity, it's oftentimes tactical from the from our, from the client's perspective, they're like, we want to do X, Y, Z. We want to get into social media. We want to upgrade our logo. We want to, you know, whatever it might be. It could be a number of different factors in the digital marketing space. Um, But what is the underlying strategy and strategy to me is where we talk about what is the problem you're trying to solve? Like if, if you're, doing something, why are you doing it? What's the problem you're trying to overcome, right? Um, So sometimes that's a tough thing to answer. But when you start to dig in a little deeper and ask questions like, well, what's not working? 
Um, what's creating friction or efficiency issues? Um, what do your customers need from you to be successful themselves? Like how are you not only solving problems, but making them successful in that solution? That can be a big part of the equation depending on the business model you're in, right? Um, and what is your story? Like what makes you uniquely qualified to solve that problem different than your competition or better? I don't like the word better, but you know, what, what's the differentiator mm-hmm. between you and the other players that could provide a solution no, to your customer? Yeah, that, um, I was going to say that's that's critical. Um, it's funny, I think, in my early stages of, of business, I didn't quite comprehend or understand how important some of those things are, With which like having a unique value proposition, uh, really understanding your identity and who you are. And that's ultimately what like sets you apart in a lot of ways for other companies. And so from what you said, what I kind of heard is the the tactics are the the what you do and the how you do them. And the the strategy is the the whole theory. It's the why behind basically taking all that data in the consumer information and really coming up with a theory of why and really understanding that. But what I love, and we can go into this more now or later, is how I think a lot of people think of strategy as oh, it's this one time plan as opposed to integrating a strategic framework as part of their DNA. And that's what at Web Four we do with our clients is helping them not make strategy something that they do once a year or something like that. It's, it's literally a part of your framework that you're always kind of evolving and implementing. Um, and yeah, anyways, that, that to me is like, that then makes the difference where you start really understanding all the different elements and how they work together as, as far as your identity, your why, who you are as an organization and how that is going to help set you apart and really like, be the unique value that you offer out there in the, in the world. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah, There's tons of examples of that. Right. So like to your point, when um, we, we have a client that offers a a home service product um, and they dabble in commercial, but it was more of a third party relationship where they could refer and make a little money off of that referral to a third party. And, you know, initially when we started working with them, their objective was to grow outside of their current geographical market space, right? They wanted to be outside of uh, the area they were in. They were operating in two cities at the time. And so the growth was tied to that objective. The strategy was tied to that objective. Um, And it involved a number of things like investigating where their profit margins lived, because wherever the larger profit margins live, is how you're going to grow revenue the fastest if you sell more of that high profit margin service, right? So we focused on that and we and we got there. We grew their market, we grew their revenue exponentially and you don't know when that's going to happen, right? There's no like on this date, we're going to meet this objective. It could be in six months, it could be in a year and six months. Like how fast and how quickly that grows is going to depend on many factors outside of the objective, right? Um, Because your ability to meet the demands of the growth, all kinds of things. Um, But as we did that and we reevaluated the data, so data is a really important part that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of when they think of strategy. 
because data is like, I don't know, I have like a really deep passion for data. It, it's, it's the information that helps you make decisions yep. and informs the strategy. So we uncovered data uh, when they were getting into this growth phase and expanding and they, they did expand. They expanded into three new cities in uh, a different state, in fact. So, so now they went from one location to five in, I think, two years, which is incredible. That requires a lot of uh, overhead because you have trucks and people and knowledge and all kinds of things you have to invest in to make that happen. So they were there. We helped them get there. But now what? What's, what's the strategy we're going after now? Well, we found out from the data and evaluating that on top of their strategy that they were getting a ton of traffic on the commercial space and they could capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, they, they just didn't know it um, yeah. because it wasn't a part of their, it wasn't in their main focus, right? Yeah. They were just earning some small income levels as a third party referral space. Um, so we, we gave them that information. We evaluated the data and uh, they went back and said, that's very interesting. Let's think about that. And came back, you know, a couple months later and said, you know, we're purchasing a commercial side of the business and we're also expanding into a new state. So strategy, when yeah. it's really tight and yeah. everybody's on the same page and it's tied to KPIs that are measurable, which is, a you know, a part of the tactical stuff. But you have to understand what you're trying to measure to measure it. Yeah. So, you know, having that feedback loop between the tactics and the strategy is critical in my opinion and it's always a living breathing environment yeah. what what do you think some of the the common mistakes are that uh, and I am like running through my head because we see it all the time and I think the number one is not having a strategy right but like what is the most common mistakes that businesses are making around strategy and around trying to grow strategically uh, or just planning for growth in general? Like what do you think some of the biggest uh, common pitfalls are? I mean, I think just not understanding what strategy means, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we actually at web four define this um, and you're a big part of that, Kevin, this is kind of our, uh, our mantra, right? Um, it, uh, it's very customer centric. So we have a customer centric approach, which is really a strategy and culture around doing business that's focused on creating the best experience for your customer. So understanding that strategy is really tied to your customer is a big part of the equation. Well, so, so what does that mean? Right? So, okay. It's tied to the customer. So what you're doing with that is you're building brand loyalty and you're ensuring that the customer is at the center of your decisions, your philosophy, your operations, your ideas. You're always tying those things back to them and your customers can be more than just the people buying things from you. Yeah. It could be, it's your employees, it's people you're recruiting to grow your business, that skill set. Like it's multifaceted. And that's when we get into kind of the bigger marketing strategy pieces, but you know, kind of bringing it down to the basics, it's having a customer-centric approach and really understanding the four C's, as you call it. Yeah. So the customer, the company, the competition, and the channel mix. Yeah. So the customer is all the demographic data, right? Which, oddly enough, can be misleading because where do you get that demographic data from? 
Um, and this is another good example from, you know, our own experience, right? When we bring on a new client, we'll often look at their Google Analytics data. And there's some demographics stuff there. And it might say that, you know, 56% of your audience is female and the other part is male. Okay. But if we are having a conversation about who your ideal customer is, and that's male, that demographic data might be skewed just based on some missteps you've taken by doing things without a strategy attached to it, right? So really asking questions about who your ideal customer is and, and really understanding what who they are. Like, are they single? Are they married? What's their age group? Um, you know, how do they spend their time? You know, the product offering or service offering you have is going to inform that space but really asking questions about who the ideal person is. And I use coffee in a blog post I published a while back as a great example, because not everybody drinks coffee, but a lot of people do. And the most common thing I hear from customers when I ask them who their ideal client is in this scenario would be coffee drinkers. Well, okay. <laughs> like that, there's seven coffee shops within a mile of my home right now. And they all offer a different environment, different product offerings, um, different, uh, you know, um, logistics, right? Some are better equipped for me to meet some of my team members for collab working. We can sit at a nice table. I'll have our laptops out. Some are better for me to just go and work because I want to get out of my home office. There's so many things that go into it. But understanding the demographics of your customer, are they more on a mobile device than a desktop device? Um, age, gender, income, we mentioned. What location are they in? Is your offering location-based? So am I looking for something near me? Um, or is it something I can purchase from anybody, anywhere in an online e-commerce environment, right? Really dissecting that customer demographic as intimately as you can. And you'll learn more as you uncover more, but getting as close to that ideal mark and defining them is probably the first step. Because we talk about loving your customer. Yeah. So if you don't know them, how can you love them? And I, I want to add to that because I think one of the biggest mistakes I see customers make when they're developing their strategy is, is one is not really understanding their customers. But when I say understanding their customers, there's the data side there's that side, but then there's the psychological side of like truly understanding their customers. And in my opinion, um, you should know your customers better than they know themselves. You should understand, like if you're collecting data and you're doing surveys from your customers and they're telling you why they're buying your product, once you understand psychology, you realize that that's only the 5% of the, most people spend 95% of their day in their subconscious mind or their actions are driven by their subconscious mind and only 5% of the day in their conscious mind. So what they're sharing with you is the conscious reasons why they purchased your product, not the, the subconscious reason. So understanding what are those other drivers that are actually driving them and why they purchased your product or service. And once you start to bring that in. So with our framework of, of know and love your customer, align your strategy around that, and then monitor, measure, and adapt, right? Those feedback loops we talked about is then once you truly understand them and allows to, in my, the way I look at it is like, 
if I know my customer better than anyone else, I know what their their needs are, their desires. I know why they told me they bought their pro- they bought the service product. I also know why subconsciously they're drawn to purchasing this as well. It's not that it's not as hard to get the right message in front of them, right? And then if I know them really well, because I know what places they frequent, what coffee shops they go to, and this is more of the channel mix part of like knowing what what behaviors they have, both online, offline. It's not that hard to get that right messaging in front of them at the right places and times. That's yeah. then aligning your strategy. And then you have the feedback loop of, well, and then there's, like you said, it's it's that customer experience of saying, well, finding out what is our current customer experience, where are all the gaps, which are all opportunities, and then mm-hmm. shoring those up. And then the feedback loops where you monitor, measure, and adapt and Fill that back in the top. So once that becomes part of your your DNA as an organization, you're you're just constantly in that upward spiral of just trying to get a little bit better and constantly deliver more value, both real and perceived value for your customers. And that to me is like, um, so to me, that's the biggest mistake I see besides not having a strategy is <laughs> not having one that actually takes into account a, a true deeper understanding of the customer taking yeah. account psychology, uh, as well as like alignment uh, within the organization. And when we like a lot of the companies we work with, and you can expand on this, but a lot of the companies we work with are very large and they have many layers of people. And so we're, when we talk about strategy and we talk about the 30,000 foot level and the 10,000 foot level and the on the ground level, we bring to that a knowledge of understanding that the people at the C-level in those organizations that are kind of the executives, might we often will change the information. So we know who who's this going to, right? Who's this going to? And we'll change the information to make sure it's tailored to them. Whereas some of the people who are like VPs, marketing, who are doing maybe even some implementation, but they're managing a team, they're going to need to know that 10,000 foot level and maybe some of the ground level. And then the people who are doing the implementation it's good for them to have a little bit of the higher end strategy, but they're they're mainly looking for the how that on the ground tactics. How do I do this? And like, how do we do it effectively? Um, and so when one of the biggest things I see is you can have the best strategy in the world, but if it's not executed, it doesn't mean anything. And so actually getting shit done is like is a power that like we are pretty good at making the case and then also realizing that this person we're working with is their their butts on the line and we know that they're scared of what they're they're like okay well I'm taking chances I'm doing this thing and I'm making these recommendations we know their butts on the line and we know that their managers butts and then they're you know the COO is responsible too and so we we're very good. And if I were to pat our own back a little bit, we're very good at kind of understanding and having that, what I would call like emotional intelligence of understanding the different drivers within the organization so that we can uh, coalesce everyone around this and then start to be very clear about expectations, communication, and just kind of get them on that path. And once they start seeing results, we get these stories like we got the other day where the client is saying like, hey, I have to give you props. Right. Like you guys said you were going to do this. You guys said this. You guys said this. And now all these things are happening. Our CEO is so excited. And, you know, and then 
thing they people start to trust you and they start to say, okay, well, let's, let's do this too. Let's do this. And they start to, and you got to wrangle them in a little bit sometimes, but you start to get them on that right path. And so um, what are like within that, like thinking about some of the larger organizations some of the differences between some of the smaller organizations and larger organizations, what do you see as some of the main um, challenges there? Um, and I know I just kind of talked about a lot of them. So if that's the main thing, that's fine yeah, too. But yeah. other things within that, because I know there's a lot that you work with on an ongoing basis. So, yeah. So surprises suck <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but they're a reality, right? Internal surprises happen. So, Let's say you're doing something without a strategy tied to it for a large client, small client, but larger clients have a bigger domino effect up the ladder throughout the organization. Because um, part of what what I think about when I when I start to think about strategy is what are your KPIs? Like, what are you what are you measuring? What are the people above you measuring? Because that investigation helps you align your strategy so that that information in the tactical side of things can be informed with yeah. measurable stuff. But it's really two-sided. I think one of the reasons why we're so successful in this space is because we don't just come up with a strategy. Like you and I don't just meet with a client, come up with a strategy and tell them, okay, here's the strategy. Yeah. Like that is a living, breathing uh, piece of information that our entire team is touched to. Right. So you referenced a recent meeting where a client gave us kudos, but that client was like, this person said this and it happened. And this member of the team did said this and it happened. That's not because we're all like, you know, crazy magical. It's because we were all intimately a part of building the strategy that we were working on and deploying with that customer. So one of the things, the surprises that can happen is when you haven't done the right investigation to understand the KPIs, because if like a C-level team is, is measuring success uh, at a level you're not aware of, and then you deliver a big presentation to your point of contact, which could be the director of marketing or a number of different uh, departments, could be director of technology, but there's also the executives that they answer to, and you're coming into a meeting to say, hey, hey here's all the things we did, and here's all the great results, the surprises are if there's a KPI that they were expecting to hear about and see measurement and growth on that you weren't aware of. So that, that, that ties back to that uh, element that you touched on, which is there's the data and the psychology, and you have to understand the organization and the influencers that are a part of and invested in the success of whatever they're uh, investing in with you. Right. Because when you, um, go with a different team or a different tactic. Maybe you're taking it from being internally managed. So you had a, a, a marketing team and they were responsible for your SEO growth, your PPC growth, your social media marketing, um, and you lost some people. And so now you're thinking, well, do we hire new people or do we work with an agency? Like what, what's the risk cost benefit of evaluating that versus uh, adding employees internally? Were we able to keep them busy enough? day in and day out? Or were they, you know, too busy when we had too much on their plate because we had multiple things going on and not busy enough when those things were closed out and we were focused on other areas. So it's really just, it's uncovering and asking questions and knowing who is tied to the results 
And, you know, going back to that strategy investigation, you know, who is your customer? Is it your internal team? Like one of our larger projects we're working on right now is all about getting the right people into their organization. The customer is the um, asset they're trying to recruit. Yes, they have a customer they sell products to. That's a customer, too, um, that they offer a service to. But they're running into not finding the right people to deliver that service offering in the quality and way that they um, they need to to continue to be effective in their um, solution offering that they do. Right. So it really depends on who the customer is, all that investigation. And I think the thing that I want to just like close out with from your question that came to mind when I was listening to you that I don't, I find that not a lot of people think about it this way. Marketing and marketing strategy. If, if, if your business is a tire and all the spokes are different elements of your business, supply chain, vendors, customer service, products, what all the things, Good right? Work. Human resources, we could name 20 more. All of those are spokes on the wheel. Marketing strategy is the center that holds all those spokes together because it impacts everything you do. So if your customer service team doesn't understand what you understand about knowing and loving your customer and how that's tied to your why and your story, yeah. they're not going to effectively communicate the way that makes that experience more intimate and more enjoyable, even disgruntled customers. Yeah. Like that's something else we don't talk enough about because nobody wants to talk about the, the yeah. distractors. Right. But when you have a service offering or a product offering and somebody has a bad experience with that, it could be a crazy random experience, but most often it's a true experience that they had with you or an employee that didn't make them feel right. And they have ideas about how it could have gone better. Should be li- loving that, listening to that, adjusting to that, and then communicating that out to your entire team. So everybody's on the same page about how we solve our customers' problems better and learn and grow from them. Love them, right? Yeah. Know them. Yeah, I, um, that goes to when we talk about vertical alignment throughout the organization as we as we get these all these insights and we come up with very clear messaging and and what the needs are of the customers the deeper psychological needs that are mostly prioritized generally for your customers and those change from situation to situation but if you have like we talked about before that very clear messaging and it's only on the marketing side and then they come in and their experience is very different and customer service like they go through the sales process and it's like ah they ended up buying but then it, the product's not what it is and the customer service isn't. And now they're like, their billing is messed. Like all those things are part of it. It's part of that whole entire customer experience. And then once you get the clear understanding of how you want to make your customer feel in all those situations and you have the, the information that's important, then you vertically align that throughout your organization. That starts, that's where the magic starts to happen. And that's why it takes time because you're, like you talked about, there's the internal customer, which is the employees and, and team members and things like that. And then there's your external customers, which may be vendors or maybe your customers, maybe shareholders, depending on the specific uh, strategy and things like that. But we often say that 
ultimately your external brand will be a reflection of your internal culture. And so you have to, like to me, you have to have a very clear strategy with your internal customer if you want your external customer to have the feeling you want them to have you have to have a very clear strategy first internally that's your identity that's how you continually repeat that and reinforce that messaging with your internal customers you have to have that as part of your hiring when you bring people on has to be part of your recognition it has to be it has to be something that's ingrained in your culture it's who you are Right. And as you get that, it's just like an individual, your identity and who you are ultimately becomes a reflection, you know, what other people because of your ongoing interactions. It's the same as a I think of an organization as basically the one big identity of like a collection of people. And so working through that is a huge, huge part of it. There was one other thing you said, and I was trying to think of uh, it made me think of some of the other mistakes. Oh, the other huge mistake I see all the time is. Well, there's there's two within this. One is vanity metrics because you were talking about how important KPIs are, and you we might we run into it sometimes where people are like, we want to know the number of keywords we're ranking for, which is like, okay, yeah, no, that's good, like that's an important metric, but when looked at in isolation, it's not that important. You could rank, you could be selling hot dogs, and you're ranking for bicycling. That's <laughs> thousands and thousands of words for like something that's not relevant to you. Right. right? So one of that is, is having very clear metrics and making sure that they aren't, that there's context to those. And one of the things that we've found is that, uh, especially the executives and team members appreciate inquiry around that. Uh, I was going to say pushback, but I don't think that that's the right way to, to phrase it. I think it's more about being curious around that phrase and whether the relevance of the keywords are, are probably a more important factor to them and questioning it in that way. So they start to understand that, oh no, yeah, like I, I don't want to rank for a thousand keywords that aren't relevant. Like is that going to benefit us in any ways? Well, I mean, we could look at it and see, are you getting conversions from those non-relevant keywords? No. Okay. Well, no, you're actually, I mean, if you're getting conversions for non-relevant keywords, then I guess, you know, then you're fine. Go with it. But um, are they also having a good experience afterwards? Those are all questions you start to ask yourself. And that other, the other part is just doing whatever the client says, like the client hired mm -hmm. us for a reason. And sometimes they're in their position because they're very confident and because they're driven and they can get people to head in a direction and do the things that they want to do. But they're, but if they're hiring us, it's because they want our feedback. And so sometimes one of the things we've gotten good about, I think is starting to, to navigate those situations where we let them know and we say, surely you want me to be frank with you. That's not a good joke, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Frank from now on. <laughs> Are you Shirley? I was talking to Shirley. <laughs> um, Shirley and Frank here. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, like in those situations, we've gotten really good at helping them navigate and say, Hey, like one is let's establish a baseline because if you're, you're looking at these 
KPIs you've been tracking and they're the wrong KPIs, we need to get that clear baseline for the right KPIs because what measure gets measured gets managed. That's something we say all the time at Web4. What gets measured gets managed. And so we need to make sure that we're measuring metrics that matter, right? Metrics that ultimately make money um, mm-hmm. or have impact in the way that you want them to have. Um, so those are some other things I thought about. Um, I think one thing I'd like to, to jump back to, we've been talking about large organizations. When it comes to marketing strategy, especially for maybe smaller businesses, business owners, what are some of the first most important steps to consider um, as they're thinking about like what, what to do, what to do next? How do I get started? Yeah, so we've touched on them a, a bit and you can really go down a rabbit hole with some of this stuff, which is why you know we have a marketing strategy product offering. Um, but we approach everything with strategy, even if it's not tied to the marketing strategy product offering, because that's documentation. It's deep dive into research. There's a lot of time and documentation that goes into that. And it has its place in a business model's growth, depending on, you know, the size of the ship, as you would say, or the waters they're, they're about to tread that might be tied to really big metrics, right? But at a baseline level, there's really three things. It's, um, you know, taking a customer-centric approach and understanding that you have to know who your ideal client is. You really have to define them as best you can in the moment. And then the, the second C is the company. How are your core values defined and how are they tied to that ideal customer and problem that they're having solution that you're offering, right? Telling your story. Who are we? You know, the about us page is something that it's always surprising to uh, customers, even big ones, (laughs) how often people go to your about us page because we're all on a computer. We're all on a mobile device. We're not, you know, we're not meeting person to person anymore. We're not walking into a storefront before we investigate finding an answer. So we want to humanize that experience. And that's, that's the, that's a place you can do that. What are your values? Who are you? What do you look like? How long have you been doing this? How much experience do you have? Why should I be paying attention to you? That is about us. That's our value system. Right. And, you know, maybe brand guidelines. Like if you don't need a logo to get started, right. Startups often get tied to this idea. They need a logo, maybe down the road, maybe yes, maybe no. It's more about the story. And then if you really communicate that and articulate that well, that will inform all those things when you're ready to do that. But your story needs to be what makes you special and your why, but tied to knowing and loving your customers. So those are two very, very important first steps. That'd be like the first things I do. Some other things to consider though, is your competition. Who else can your customer meet that can solve their problem? Because you're going to uncover their weaknesses, which provides opportunities and strengths for you to capitalize on. You might also uncover things you didn't know about in your space that you're operating in that they do. And you can do some competitive analysis with some tools to kind of identify those gaps or opportunities, right? Um, Very informative information. So those three things the first three of the four C's and then the channel mix. So that's kind of tied to your demographics. Like where are your customers at? How are they going to find you? Um, You know, that's going to be dependent on 
a number of factors, but if you're going after a younger generation, you're going to have to do something on a mobile device that's pretty, you know, different than than focusing on a great desktop experience. It's not to say you don't need a desktop experience. Yep. You do. Um, but you need to be really paying attention to the mobile experience and you need to be paying attention to social because that's, I mean, the, I'm on social media, but my 12 year old is on there 12 times that. Right. Yeah. And so that's her world. She, she, she doesn't understand some of the areas that I spend my time in, but that's where you start to dissect the channel mix when someone has a problem and you understand who they are and the psychology that's driving them, what channels can you meet them on? Are they going to do a Google search? Are they going to respond to paid advertising? Are they going to respond to television advertising or radio advertising? Are they going to be engaging in social media? Are they going to, um, you know, there's just so many factors that go into that. So many channels. Email marketing is another one. Um, There's so many ways you can meet people in the, the metaverse is we're starting to call it instead of the internets, but you know what I mean? Where are they? Where are they spending their time so that you can take the information you know about them, how to love them. You understand what your competition is doing so you can meet that person on the channel and operate in a way that makes them connect with you. Because when you do that, you create uh, brand champions if you if you do just those simple things <clears throat> and you actually connect with those individuals that you can solve a problem for and it could be as simple as um you know i love sushi <laughs> look i love sushi and sometimes i'm like i want to go to a new sushi place so i do sushi near me and i saw a review and a video that somebody took at their table at this new sushi restaurant by me a couple miles away, but I'd never been there. The food looked amazing. The review was amazing. I went there and I had a great experience and I will go back there again. In fact, we've been back another time since. And I've told word of mouth several people about it. So you don't really understand how exponentially powerful doing those basic things can be. I, and then, I wanna, uh, like, sorry. do that feedback loop. Measure, yeah. monitor, react, respond, right? Yeah. I, um, I having, it's one of those things of like hearing someone like explain like we are to them and having not experienced it. And then a whole nother thing, experiencing it both with our own, own organization and with other organizations and just seeing that magnify and grow over the years and just how impactful it really is, is like it, it's one of those things that's so hard for someone to understand until they've experienced it and gone through and seen that kind of thing where it's like, okay, yeah, we, I'd say at least 50% of our business is from referrals. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get a lot of leads. We get a lot of potential clients in and we bring a lot of business in that way too. But constantly we're getting referrals. We get clients because they're like, oh, you spoke at this event. We're getting employees because they're like, oh, you came and talked and taught a class uh, for us here. Oh, we saw your, like the the thing for me when, when you're talking about all those different sources and the channel mix that stood out. And one thing I want to reiterate for people is the average person today is usually touching about 14 sources. They're, they're looking at 14 different information sources prior to making a purchase decision. So when we talk about channel mix, 
there's going to be one that's a, a major focus for you. And we visualize this to help create quicker understanding throughout, you know, the organization and things like that. But we help visualize this. And part of that is to understand that these channels all work together because people are going to automatically start searching for reviews on you. And the larger the purchase, the, the larger the purchase, the more sources, the more research people are going to do to decide that. But information is so readily available. We're going to see that. We're going to see reviews. We're going to look up. We're going to, we might check social to see to get social proof, see what people are saying on social media, say, see if what you act like on social media is what you're portraying yourself on your website. Like it's and we do this in a matter of minutes, like just quickly people like and the younger generation does it even faster. They're checking to see like, oh, does this company align with my values? Like or you know, are they someone who doesn't truly care? There's all those things that come into play. And so when we talk about strategy and then we, when you think about how multimedia is these days, that's where you start to get super efficient, super effective because you know what's important for your customers. You produce that value. And then you can basically like if we're creating this video, we can take this video and produce a blog from it. We can produce multiple social media clips from it. We can publish the video to YouTube. We can put the audio out on our podcast. And so you're literally taking this and you're, you're maximizing the information, you the, the effort you put in, and you're maximizing it out to all these different channels. And that to me is like, I, I love efficiency. And that to me is like, not only are you, you, you're aligning with your customers and what they need and, and providing them value, but you're also doing it in the most efficient way possible. So you're you're getting to all these different sources. And the important part of that is understanding like how do you stay in touch with them and all those different things matter because like you talked about, you read those reviews. If they didn't have both a good product is really important for reviews, your good service and good product, but also having a reputation management plan around that too, because right. people are more likely to leave a negative review than a good review. So yeah. those are all things that like, once you start to understand all those different elements and start to create alignment around all those different things, that's, that's when you start to see the, that exponential effect, which is something that I am like be, been beyond excited about to see at web over the last gosh, three, four years, I think our strategy really started to, um, I started to feel the impact of our the strategy that we put together coming into play. And now it's just like, oh man, um, yeah. clients that move to another company and are like, hey, we, you know, <laughs> we're going to reach out to you because it's like part of our strategy is having the best product or service, right? Like that is, loving our customers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> understanding our landscape. Yeah. 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 So part of that is delivering that because we know like what that ultimately going to divide, but when I realized, eh, it was probably about four or five years ago when I started the strategy, when I realized my main focus shouldn't be our external customer. Sorry if you're listening, external customer. Um, but it should be our internal customer because ultimately if I wanted our external customer to feel the way that I wanted them to feel, I needed to make sure that we focused on our internal customer so that that was felt by our external customer. Mm -hmm. And so that, 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 that was a big uh, shift for me in this in the strategy portion where I realized, okay, like truly this is how I need to focus. And that changed a lot of things because it's like metrics where you're putting your time and focus into and where you're going to get the most return 
from that, whether it's true or not. So, yeah. And I think it's important to note too, because sometimes we use really simple analogies for communicating ideas, but um, this is a, it is an equation. There are steps and a process to, to working through a strategy and whether you are a small business or a startup or you're a large business who's either growing quickly, like we work with a, a large, um, you know, athletic equipment provider and they're not a, they're not an established brand per se. They've been around seven ish years. They've really seen their biggest growth in the last two to three years um, they're a global company. They're big. Um, and we've worked with companies that are like, we've been around for 40 years and we're global. I don't think it matters in that respect. But what happens with bigger companies is that the strategy can become overcomplicated. Yeah. Or there's like um, a disjointed co- connection to have the importance of strategy. Yeah. And then that's where you really have to peel back the onion to understand those KPIs so you can articulate what's important about those KPIs. I mean, one thing that I talk about with larger companies a lot is because they're so big, they're like, you know, uh, I want that single word or two word keyword phrase that gets 150,000 searches a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause I'm big and I'm, I'm bad and I've been around for 40 years and I should be on top of the world. Cause I only have two other competitors. Right. Okay. Okay. That's cool. But when you start to break it down and look at where the transactional keywords are and how that space supports growth in that area, and you understand that's a KPI coming from the top down, and you can then evaluate that, articulate the importance of how to look at it, and then build a strategy around how to get there while also helping to communicate that, okay, I mean, I usually put it in the most basic way I can. If we get in front of these thousand searches a month, as an example, and five people buy, that's cool. We got five purchases from these thousand searches a month. Perfect. But what if we got in front of these hundred searches a month and we got 15 purchases? What's more important to you now, that thousand or this hundred? Because you tripled your close rate by really focusing on where transactions happen. And so um, I think with larger organizations, it's still simple, but where it gets complicated is you have a much larger organization. You have more people involved. You have a bigger infrastructure of resources that need to be informed. So, and you, and you probably have multiple customer sets that you need to be paying attention to. So that's where our marketing strategy product comes in. It's documenting that audience research. It's that, competitor research and insights document it's um, maybe there's messaging issues that need to be dived into and developed, you know, all the customer journey. Um, It's that documentation that you can then pass out to a hundred different people in your organization to consume, which is a little bit more difficult to do when you're, when you're that big to communicate that out to a, a larger space of people. So everyone's tied to that knowing and loving your customer. Yeah, I want to go into a little um, explanation for those that, because when people talk about marketing strategy, there's so many different nuances to it. And I think one of the things that um, separates us 
is our ability, and part of this is because of the expertise we have in all the different levels, uh, our ability to create um, a much more, it's even more effective strategy because of how it's informed. And so I'll, I'll start by just kind of outlining what we think about, like, um, so when we're doing a, a strategy and we're, we're focusing on multiple areas, it's great when search is a big part of that, right? When search is an important part of that, even if it's not as big a part, it can inform the rest of the strategy so that it forms social, it informs email, it informs the kind of content you create, but there are other ways to do it. But what ends up happening, and so I'm what the story you were just telling was making me think of one of our clients where we were walking through this with them because there's the, the simple part where it's the, this is where you help understand like C levels to, this is the key, know and love your customer, align your strategy around that monitor, measure and adapt. But under each one of those, there is a lot of detail and, and, and work and complexities that go underneath that. But for them to understand that, okay, yeah, these are the core areas. And that really should be part of the DNA of your entire company. Like that is the strategy is make this part of your DNA and continually get a little bit better at it. Understand that customer experience across the whole business and find the gaps and then fix those. But what we do when we have on the SEO side and we're doing a strategy is we have very uh, surgical way of being able to understand like you have these thousands of keywords. We do all this keyword research and we look at where the demand is for your products or services. And then we work with your internal team to say, hey, let's cross reference this and actually understand based on the demand, what aligns with your business objectives. And we start to fine tune that and say, okay, hey, we've, we've broken these down to understand these keywords are informational, they're directional, they're transactional, they're brand related. Like, We've broken this this down and now we're aligning it to say, here's where the demand, the customer, and here's where your needs, the your objectives overlap. And those that's the area that's the gold, right? Now we need to take that and reference it against your current online presence, uh, your website, other apps, things that you may be doing on there and see how where are the gaps in that, right? Because here's all this demand, here's your business objectives, but you're only capturing 5% of this, if that, like in a lot of cases. And so how do we then create a better customer experience through content creation, through value creation that aligns with your customer objectives, your customer's objectives and your business objectives, that is a win-win for everyone, right? And then there's obviously planning and alignment because there's now the work starts, right? Like that's where there's all this, oh my gosh, there's so much value to create. There's so much revenue in a lot of ways to have because we know every time we create this, we're going to create more traffic. We're going to create more revenue and we see that upward and to the right. But it takes it takes time to get that going and get to that point. And what's cool about that though is it basically in a lot of ways is telling you what's important to your customer when you're doing that research. When there's a when people are searching, they're they're putting in all the keywords, they're putting in all the ideas, they're putting in all these things and they're basically telling you like, hey, this is the content we want. This is what we these are the questions we have. These are the the needs we have. And so those are all opportunities like you pointed out with the client who had a commercial and you're like getting all this traffic for commercial, here's this opportunity, right? So 
We have a little bit of a, I'd say, a unique approach to strategy that's much more um, data informed and it's much more comprehensive, I'd say, than uh, than most on that side of things. But you just reminded me of that because I think it's it is important to both understand the simple, the complex, and then really understand where is the like doing a gap analysis to understand where that demand is and your business objectives are and where you currently are in that customer experience. What is the experience like when they come to your website and they're a teen who's on mobile or they're a 25 year old or a 50 year old who's on mobile. And it's like, they're coming to that and they're having a, not the best experience. Right. And we know just from a recent launch we did that experience makes a huge difference. And so, um, yeah, yeah. so, so that we don't go over time too much because I knew we were probably going to, but so we have a marketing strategy. All right. Now, now what do we do? Is that really it? Or is that like, is that kind of a misnomer because it's like, tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. So that's when the tactics come into play. Yeah. That's when you look at, okay, here's the strategy. Here's what we you know, here's our why. We know and love our customer. Um, we know what channels they're operating on. Your budget is going to inform, and budget can be manpower. It could be dollars. Um, how you can execute properly because you can't do everything. I think that's one thing that people um, tend to get uh, to overcomplicate yeah. is, you know, if you want to be on social media, you're like, well, I got to be on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and LinkedIn. And well, hold on a second. Like, where is your customer in social? And you can, you know, kind of hone in on a channel or two in the social space and really, you know, operate on it and grow on it, test and measure. Like, you know, there's a lot of tactics you can deploy, but if you are tying it to strategy, those are the things that you can change and, and that are very fluid and flexible, right? Yeah. Um, and so once you become, let's say, successful on Instagram, if your demographic is millennials, um, you know, you can start to experiment because maybe you realized how successful your video that you played around with and only had a little bit to work with at the time was doing on Instagram. And so you look at Snapchat and TikTok, which are video heavy social platforms, and you say, okay, we're going to expand our video production. And now you can maybe dive into those areas and start to navigate that space. That's just one small example. But the tactics are now the how. How are we going to do that? If you're going after um, a competitive space and you're new to the market, paid advertising may be a very effective way for you to get in front of your audience um, before you can grow your organic visibility or local listing visibility, depending on what you're trying to do. Well, paid is a tactic. If it's not informed by a strategy, you can spend a lot of money and not get very many results or valuable results from that, um, uh, from that expense. So the strategy helps define the, the messaging that you're using, you have a very small space and a few words to connect with somebody in a paid advertising space on search. So if that's informed by a strategy, you will find that to be a much more effective tactic to go down. Um, same is true for email marketing. It, you know, does your audience operate in that space? We know that email marketing converts at a higher tick than other digital marketing spaces. So if that's 
a valuable space for you to be in than your content and messaging being deeply tied to your strategy and who your customer is and how they psychologically make decisions about the type of things you do becomes really critical. So that's when you start to dive into the tactics. And then the most important element of that tactical approach is to measure, to constantly be measuring the results. Are they improving? Are they delivering? Okay, now how can we fine tune that to drive that further or take that growth and invest it in tactics we couldn't afford at the time because we were in this space. So now we're here. It's the example of going into the commercial. I mean, it's not a cheap endeavor to purchase a commercial company. There's a lot of expense associated with it. So if you can afford to do that from the growth you've experienced here, that allows you to move into a new strategy and develop new tactics that drive that strategy for that piece of your business. Yeah. I think it's funny because I hear a lot of um, <laughs> complaining from people in our industry that are usually consultants um, that say that are frustrated because they're like, I gave this whole like SEO strategy or paid strategy, or I put this thing together and the client hasn't implemented and done all these things. And I, I understand that frustration because there's times when we also do that. But I think the big difference and one of the things why I would never just only do consulting that's I think it's a big thing with us is we have the expertise to implement because you can have the strategy and then you go into the how and you don't have expertise on how to do that so you just gave somebody this whole thing and it's like this plan it's great and now go do it and they're like hold on so where do I go so with us that I one of the things that I love is we we look to maximize some of our clients have an internal paid person, internal SEO person, content, PR, uh, just marketing ops in general or data analytics or whatever it may be. We look to maximize those internal resources and help them get even better and do even better and be more effective in their job and make sure that that kind of balances the budget because you have these internal resources, whether it's someone to do email marketing or social media or create content, you might have subject matter experts who we're like kind of helping inform on how to create content. So we're activating those people. Um, but then we also have, we're, we're there pushing the ball forward, constantly putting pressure in the right places to move things forward. And our team is actually implement, implementing those things. And so we, we get shit done. That's, that is one of the biggest differences is there's so many companies that have, they, they come up with this great strategy, but then it's not actually executed. So that to me is one of the things that excites me the most is we get the strategy and now let's jump in and help you actually execute it because you have to have the right people. You have to have the right processes in place. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that is critical. And so we, we kind of help match that people. We help the organization implement the most effective processes. So um, we're getting just over an hour. Was there anything else you wanted to say to wrap it up? I think we provided a ton of value in this. I hope everybody who's listening uh, is has gotten something from this. Uh, if you have, let us know in the comments. Did you want to close out with anything, Tricia? Or you- no, I, I, I think that was a great conversation. Um, you know, when it comes to strategy, like there's so many places we could go, right, and talk about. But um, at the end of the day, it is a pretty basic equation. Um, and so if you really try to, if, if it feels complicated and it's something you're doing on your own, or you're thinking about engaging another agency or company to help you with that, 
I think the thing that's important is to um, take a step back and really just start at the top and work through the process. And it, it doesn't feel as complicated or overwhelming if you just, you know, really just one foot in front of the other. Because for small businesses or startups, they're doing it themselves. There isn't necessarily a budget to work with. But if you take some of those basic tenets and deploy them, you'll have a budget where now you can bring in an expert and a team to actually help you deploy bigger, better objectives tied to the strategy, right? Um, And if you are already big with a budget and you don't have a solid strategy, now's the time to get one, (laughs) right? Now's the time to start working with partners that can help you get there. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. I want to thank you again, Tricia, for uh, being on today and and sharing your knowledge with everyone. And for those uh, who haven't, make sure you subscribe to the Web4 Marketing Podcast so you get, uh, you know, notified of upcoming podcasts when they come out. And that's at web4.com forward slash podcast. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Tricia. Bye, everybody. Subscribe to the podcast and be notified when new episodes go live.